Hello and welcome to What's up, guys? Hello, and welcome to new. Hello, and welcome to. Hello, and welcome to New Covenant Unveiled. I'm your host, Nashawn Garrett. Uh, I'm just a guy who loves reading the Bible. I love studying. I love studying the Word of God. A lot of this material that I've gotten, um, I've gotten from a writer called uh, Dr. Stephen Jones. You can find him on at godskingdom.org. He has really helped correct my understanding. But the reason, guys, I am actually making this podcast is because I believe that there is an issue that the church is facing today. And I think that issue is more prominent than, than we might even know and that the church even recognizes. And I want to do my best to build up the body uh, of, of faith in order to, so that we can be presented as a, a beautiful bride ready for his coming. So here's the problem, guys. Uh, there are more professing Christians living under the old covenant than ever. And this old covenant is based on dead works. They're based on uh, their chip, temple churches, their church temples, their ordinances, their carnal commandments, their promises, their promises to stay faithful to God, their traditions, which have been made void, and they have made void the, the word of God. The way that they believe, the way they think, the way they act, it is all passing away because it is uh, the of the old covenant. And the old covenant is passing away uh, day by day because there is a new covenant with a, with a new administration of the law because we have a new high priest. And many believers are actually awakening to the corruption in the church system. I think that this year in 2020 has, being away from church has kind of like showed us, it's starting to unveil some things for us, guys. And of course, of course, everyone misses church. Of course, we all miss the community, the fellowship, the, the love, the emotion, the embrace of it all. We miss being together, that whole thing. But there is a purpose and a reason for, the, for why the Father, God, has allowed uh, these things to happen uh, today and why uh, it probably is good and probably for our benefit, okay? Um, I think the church has set a precedent. The church set a precedent in, uh, the, in the wilderness, and Israel was symbolic and a prophetic spiritual type of the church today, guys. And they set this precedent that this precedent that um, instead of hearing from God directly, we would rather hear from Moses. We would rather hear from him. So have him speak lest we die. Have him speak lest we die. And then know that is not this some amazing, honorable, yes, we fear God. No, they did not want the Father to speak to them because they knew that it meant the death of their carnal flesh. It meant 
removing and burning Egypt out of them. They saw the fire, and the fire, they thought, was produced fear. Well, the fire did produce fear inside of them instead of the fire producing faith inside of them. The fire was meant to produce faith inside of them, and it produced fear. They removed themselves away from God, and then God did not write he was not able to write and speak his law in their hearts, which is what he wanted to do in the first place, so that they would be a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, his treasure possession among all the land, because all the land is his. So many believers, and I think that we are experiencing that today too, where I think that people are so held and so captivated by man preaching up there in the pulpit on Sunday and man's tradition, man's words, man's guidance, what he is doing and I think we need to get back to what is the Father saying? What is he doing? And um, how is he speaking to us? You uh, might be one of the believers, the many believers who are awakening up to the corruption of the church system. It's all over the place, guide in mega churches. Um, you might have even heard about Ravi Zacharias, who um, you know, I'm, I speak no ill towards him. But um, whatever types of stuff is going on, if you don't know, he, he was ca- caught in some tra- uh, sexual transgression and se- some sexual sin. And, um, you know, do I say don't listen to them? No, I don't say that. I say uh, uh, do as they say, as Jesus said, do as they say, but not as they do, right? Because um, they're saying these things that are right, but in their lives, are their hearts really, have they been circumcised in heart uh, to walk and talk how the Father, are they in agreement with his word and are they in, in obedience with, with the mind of Christ, right? So you might feel like there's a dead end. You might have felt like you've been doing this your whole life. You've been a Christian your whole life. It's the same patterns. It's the same emotion. It's the same altar. It's the same prayer. It's the same struggle. It's the same thing. Yes, I'm advancing. Yes, it's it's the same kind of parroted, tweet, tweetable posts. It's the same glorified life coach pastors who are telling you the same thing. It's your time. It's your season. It's your growth. It's words of encouragement. It's all this stuff, but there's no correction that's going to discipline us and cause us to walk as the Father has created us and desired that we walk okay and so if you if this is you then this podcast is for you if you are one of those people who are just waiting you got baptized when you were young you've been in the church for your your whole life or maybe you've been going to church on and off or you go on holidays or you go on easter or whatever it might be and you are just waiting for your ticket to go to heaven so that you can spend an eternity in bliss uh this podcast is for you uh but you've always wanted to know more than this podcast is for you if you don't want to know then it's, it might not be for you uh if you're one of those people who have, are wholly, solely devoted to your church, your church teaching, your doctrine, your belief, your creed, uh, your way, your church, this is the true church, we do it like this, your denomination, if that's, if that's you, then, then this is for you too, because it will bring a challenge to your, uh, to your perspective. It will, it will bring a challenge to uh, your thoughts, and I think that's a, that's a good thing, guys, because um, we, uh, we have to be hearing from God. We have to ask him daily for our daily bread. We can never just assume that the obvious is true. When we read the scripture, we do not assume that the obvious is true. There is a timing. There is a, a, a right time. There is a right place. There is a right, uh, there's a right way to do um, things. There's a right way of understanding things. There's a right way of interpreting things. And it's according to his will, purpose, plan, intent, and desire, not our own. And that is um, very important for us to understand as we kind of move into 
uh, more of this podcast here. So we, uh, the way that this is kind of formatted is basically like I'm going to give you a simple revolutionary truth. I'm going to expand upon that simple revolutionary truth, and then I'm going to leave you with some scriptures, some double witnesses, some stuff that you can dwell on, think on, marinate, go back, look over, and then, uh, then I'll give you a small um, anecdote uh, from my life or from church history or from uh, somewhere else in, in life that, that way you can see for yourself what is uh what is happening you can really just bring it before god and just ask him hey what do you what do you want me what do you want me to do is this really is this really what's going on okay um here's the issue guys is that uh there's so many people again so many people uh are i don't want you to miss it i do not want you to miss it there are more professing christians under the old living under the old covenant they don't even know it you don't even know it just because you've been in it for your whole life. You didn't even know it. Just like during the time of, of Jesus, they, some of them knew. I think a lot of them did know. But there was a lot of people who did not know. There were some who did know and some who did not know. I think more knew than, than did not know. But I think in this day and age, I think that there is an, a, a veiling. I think that there is a, a veil over the eyes of people uh, right now in this day and age. All right, and so because of that, um, we are going to be going over. Uh, I just want to. I want to bring to you guys during these podcasts just a simple revolutionary truth, simple revolutionary truth that will challenge you uh, to kind of think beyond this kind of one-dimensional. I have my ticket to heaven. I just need to try to be a good person. Oh, I need to just try to encourage people and just kind of do my best. To, to understanding, growing up, being mature, being perfected uh, in the faith, um, and being mature, guys, being mature in Christ, which is it's, it's super, super important. And so this, revolutionary, revolutionary, excuse me, this revolutionary truth um, is this. Simple revolutionary truth is this. There is a set amount of revelation that is given in every age. In every time period, there's a set amount of revelation that is given, and it is managed by the Christ of the Bible. The law, the prophets, and psalms is managed by the Christ of Scripture and administered to us by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. I'll say it again. There is a set amount of revelation given in every age. It is managed by the Christ of the law, that is, the law, the prophets, and psalms, Christ of the Scripture, and administer to us, the believers, uh, by the Spirit, by His Holy Spirit. All right. And so what I want to do is I want to defend this truth. I want to defend this simple truth and let Scripture speak for itself. Um, let it speak for itself. Let its usage define its words, concepts, and interpretations. That's, that's what I want to do. I want, I want Scripture to speak for itself. Okay, so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to go over to Deuteronomy chapter, ni uh, chapter 19, verse 15, because we have to establish this principle. We have to establish this principle, and I want you guys to see that the law is good, and the law actually helps us to understand God's heart, his nature, his mind, his character, and his will. So here we go. Uh, this says here, let's go ahead and just pull this up a little bit if I can. It says, one witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity or for any sin in any, in any sin that he sinneth. At the mouth of two witnesses 
or at the mouth of three witnesses shall the matter be established. And this same idea, the same pattern, the same thought is seen in Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 16. It's seen in Matthew chapter 18, verse 16. And it is the law of double witnesses that a, a matter is established on the, by the mouth of two or three witnesses. It's important that we understand this because Scripture will back up itself. Scripture will define itself. It does not need you. It doesn't need New Age theology or modern eschatology to, to interpret the Scripture for it. They uh, have a, have a, with having Hebrew understanding and having a Hebrew mindset, have, have, these conceptual, have conceptualized the Scripture in such a way and brought it forth in such a way that uh, we will be able to understand, or we should be able to understand it, uh, by double witnesses. That means that one person will say one thing, and then another person will say another thing, and it will it, they will back up each other, okay? They got each other's backs. That's, that's what it is. So going on, on to our first kind of witness to this simple revolutionary truth, we're going to go to Romans chapter 16, Romans chapter 16, verse 25 and 26. And in Romans chapter 16, verse 25 and 26, we're going we're gonna to see a, a pretty amazing truth that Paul uh, brings out. And he says, Now to him who has power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now was made manifest, by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all the nations for all uh, the obedience of faith, guys. So I want to just break this down and go line upon line for you for a second so that we can understand uh, some very important truths here, okay? Because what we're trying to understand, what we're trying to unravel is this idea that there is a set amount of revelation that is given in every age. It is managed by Christ, and it is administered to us by the Holy Spirit for those who have ears to hear. If you have ears to hear and eyes to see, uh, if you have steward what God has given you well, then he will give you more. But if you have not, then what you have, he will take away. Very important that we understand these principles, guys. And so according to the revelation of the mystery, guys, uh, according to the gospel that Paul preached. So what was the gospel that Paul preached? Well, we see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that Christ died according to the scripture, that he was raised according to the scripture, um, that he showed himself to over 500 people. He showed himself to Caiaphas. He showed himself to James, to the other apostles. And then finally, he showed himself to, to Paul. That is, the, that is the gospel in a nutshell, that Christ came, died, resurrected according to scripture, showed himself, and then he ascended into heaven where he is now seated at the right hand of the Father with all power and all authority been given over to him, which is amazing, okay? We have to understand uh, as we go on, we're going to go on and we're going to find out some, some more little pieces. So uh, according to, the, to his gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, yes, who is the Messiah, according to the revelation. So we're going to check out this word revelation here because the word revelation means uh, disclosure. It means appearing, coming, lighten, manifestation, to be revealed, revelation, Okay, laying bare or naked, the disclosure of truth. 
It means that something was once covered and now it is uncovered, right? It doesn't mean if you're covered, it doesn't mean that you don't exist. It doesn't mean that you're not there. It just means that people can't see you. If you are covered in something, if you are veiled, it doesn't mean that you aren't uh, existing. It means that we can't see you. We can't discern that you have not been made manifest to us yet, right? And so uh, I think a lot of people take Paul's words out of, out of context uh, when he says, you know, it wasn't known and it wasn't known as in it didn't exist. No, these things existed. The law and the prophets, and we're, we're going to find out that the law and the prophets have bore witness to, to the unveiling of Christ in every age. Okay, so it was uh, the revelation of mystery, which was kept secret, which was kept secret since the world began. Okay, so we're now talking about something. We're talking about the revelation of, of, of the mystery, the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. Why was it kept secret? Because God is a God of order, and he is a God of time. Everything has to go in its order. Everything has to come according to its time. That is why we uh, need, as the body, to go back and understand the prophetic and spiritual significance of the law and the feasts, and the feast days, particularly Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. We have to understand these things because these are the appointed times by which God is revealing um, his plan for creation in which he is revealing uh, Christ also, guys. So it was a secret which has kept, uh, been kept since the world began, this mystery, the unveiling of this mystery. Well, what is this mystery? Well, we're going we're gonna to find out, guys. And first, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 26, we find this, that uh, it has been hid from ages, generations, I wrote a song about this. That's the only reason why I can quote it. It's been hid from ages, generations, now made manifest to his saints, whom God, yod Vave would make known uh, what is the riches of the glory of his mystery. And what is it? What is the mystery that is hidden, whom it is now manifest to his saints? It is Messiah in you, guys. So I'll go ahead and read that here. Uh, Colossians 1.26. Even the, well, actually, we'll go to start in 25. Where have I made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God? Even the mystery which has been hid from ages. The same mystery which has been ages. We read this in Romans chapter 16. It's been hid from ages, right? It's been hid from ages and from generations, but now it's made manifest to the saints whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Okay, it's been hidden from the ages, guys. So has it been hidden forever or just at certain points in time. Yes, just certain points of time, right? Um, so that word ages, that word age here, uh, we'll go ahead and, it's been hid from ages. Let's see. Okay, yeah. So this word age, uh, Greek is 165. It's aeon or eon. means an age, guys. An age has a beginning and an age has an end. It is a it is a set period of time, properly a uh, 
by extension, by extension, perpetuity is like saying it's cold, but it's hot too. No, those are those are opposites, guys. It doesn't mean perpetuity. It doesn't mean forever. It doesn't mean uh, forever and everlasting. It means age abiding, belonging to an age, right? So this word age, guys, is is uh, having a set a set beginning and a set end. That is what an age is. You look at the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages, whatever age it is. It has a start period and it has an ending period. We have to get that right too. And if we'll probably end up doing a, a teaching on that at some point in time, the, the doctrine of the ages, but also uh, how this word, um, not this word, but uh, its adjective form, Aeonian, which is G166, has actually been terribly misinterpreted and because it has been misinterpreted people um everywhere in the, in the modern church are teaching a false gospel which has uh damned so many people instead of um actually saved them and uh so that again we're not going to get into that right now but um we're going to just continue on but that is important to understand i want you guys to keep that in your head keep that in your mind age 165 but it now is made manifest. We're going to go on to the next part. Now is made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets, according to commandments of the everlasting Elohim, of the everlasting God, made known to all the nations for the obedience of faith. We have to understand, guys, that scripture has a veil over it. Scripture, the law, the prophets, the Psalms, it paints a prophetic picture and it reveals Christ in every age. Christ is revealed in every age. Um, I also think it's, it's important that we understand we, we, we can check out this word uh, aeonian. We see this word aeonian. It's, that's the word that's translated everlasting in English, but it's, uh, it's actually the Greek 165, aeonian. Let's go ahead and check that word out for a second here. Uh, everlasting, Greek, Greek 166, aeonios, aeonios. Uh, it says perpetual, but uh, again, it is not perpetual. It is. It has a beginning. It has an end. It is an adjective form, the adjective form of uh, the word, uh, adjective form of the word uh, aeon, which means having a beginning, having an end. It's a a, a time, a, a time. Okay. So again, uh, these 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 dictionaries are not. They're not infallible, guys. They are not inspired. Uh, they have their philosophical assumptions that they carry with them in their 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 text, and so. But that is important. Again, I want you guys to keep that in mind. But it's not taking anything away from God to say that He is the God of all the ages of every age. He is still God. He is still Lord. He is still ruler of all things. Right. So, um, so check this out: the revelation of Christ. As, as we have exited, humanity has exited the Passover age, which was basically from Moses to Christ, uh, his fulfilling the sacrificial law. Uh, from Moses to, to Christ, that was um, the Passover age. And, we, and entering into Pentecost, Pentecost was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit came down upon the heads of the disciples— um, what we know as a New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all the way through the Revelation, what we know as a New Testament is the revelation uh, uh, of Christ in under Pentecost, under the 
the unveiling or the revelation of Christ under Pentecost. And this is what we know as the New Testament. So the law and the prophets bear witness to the revealing of Christ in every age. So to Moses, um, obviously, he was, he was revealed as the burning bush. He was revealed to Moses as the lawgiver, okay, and, um, and the Savior. Not only that, Yahuwah has become my Yahusha. Yahusha or Yeshua or Yeshua in the Hebrew is uh, salvation. Yahuwah has become my Yeshua. God has become my salvation. So he has always been that way. Um, it has always been Yeshua since the very beginning. And so that is who Christ is. He has manifest himself as the lawgiver in the age of Passover. He came in the flesh uh, to fulfill the sacrificial law uh, in order to cover over the sin of the world, to purchase it, to redeem the world back into himself so that uh, not only does he have the rights as creator, but he also has the rights um, by being the redeemer, the kinsman redeemer of the whole world. And sorry if some of this language is a little bit confusing. Uh, we will get into it a little bit more, but this is a, this is a thick study, guys. It's in-depth. So, uh, that being said, we, um, it, it is thick. It is, it is a, it's, it's not really, to be honest, it's, it's not for those who are, who, um, are drinking milk. This is, it is a teaching for those who are, um, or who are hopefully eating and consuming and ready for the, the meat, able to digest that stuff. So, we have to understand that the law and the prophets bear witness to the revealing of Christ in every age, guys. But it's it's not Christ is not revealed in the fullness in every age. But he's it is uh, piece by piece. Um, there is an uncovering from glory to glory, uh, from glory to glory is the idea. And so we see this idea that the law and the prophets bear witness to the revealing of Christ in Romans chapter three verse twenty one, where um, Paul says that. Uh, there has been a righteousness uh, of God that comes by faith, which is apart from the law. It's apart from the law. Righteousness of God apart from the law. The Jews are looking at this. They're like, dude, there's no way you can be righteous apart from the law. There's no way that you can be righteous apart from the works of the law. But uh, he says that, the, that there is and that there has been. Let's go ahead and check that out, guys, in Romans chapter 3, verse 21. Romans 3. Verse 21. Yes, it says, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. It is now manifested, being witnessed, or then, but obviously now too, now manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So the law and the prophets already had witnessed it. They had already basically had spoken of uh, the righteousness of God by faith in Jesus, his salvation. They had already spoken, those who, the just shall live by faith. The law and the prophets had literally showed uh, Judah, the Judahites, uh, and the Benjaminites, and the, the Jews, that, that those who live by faith, it's not the works of the law that saves you. It's not the works of the law that justifies you before God, okay? Uh, but they did not understand that because it was not yet revealed to them that that, that that was true. They did not have an understanding of that, okay? So when Christ came... Uh, and he fulfilled the sacrificial law by which when we uh, address him as Lord and Messiah, 
where we now stand in that place as clean before him and before God, justified, well, that, uh, they didn't recognize that. They just, they didn't see it, right? It was, it was veiled to them. They didn't understand that, even though the law and the prophets did bear witness to it. In Acts chapter 3, verse 21, um, it says, whom the heavens must receive, Peter is talking about this. He says, Jesus, whom the heavens must receive until the times is the restitution of all things uh, that was spoken out of by the mouth of the holy prophets since the world began. So since the world began, the holy prophets have been speaking, hey, God is going to restore all things. He is going to bring a restitution, uh, bring restitution to the victims of injustice, that God is going to save the world uh, from the injustice that they have been placed on because they have been unwillingly subjected to uh, sin, death, despair, destruction, disease, pain, intolerance, racism, violence, rape, torture, murder, and bad rulership. We have been subject to this world. All of creation has been subject to it um, through the sin of one man. We have all been subject to it, okay? And so, but God, from the very beginning, has spoken through the mouth of, ho of holy prophets since the world began telling him this. But then there's still some people in that day where they're like, no, he's only going to save the Jews. Or no, he's only going to save the remnant. Or no, he's only going to save Israel. No, he's only going to save these people. And these people are just going to be left out to, 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 hang, to hang and dry. They're going to be left high and dry by God who has the power and the ability to save everybody. But no, he just wants this people. No, guys, it all belongs to him. He purchased the field. He purchased the treasure by his blood. It, it is everything belongs to him, all power in heaven and earth. And he's the creator of all things, and he has redeemed all things by his blood. So in that double manner, it almost is like a double witness, too, to the fact that uh, all things belong to him. All things are him. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10, guys, Ephesians 1, 10 tells us that uh, in the dispensation of, of, of time, in the dispensation of time, that he will bring together in one all things in Christ. Let's go and check that out for a second, just because I want you guys to see this. Chapter 1, verse uh, go 9 and 10. In the dispensation of the fullness of times, in the dispensation of the fullness of times, we are not yet at the fullness of times because the, age of the, the end of this age has not yet made it. So in the dispensation of the fullness of times, that he might gather together in one, in one, all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. You, it doesn't get any more clear than that, guys. It doesn't get any more clear than that. He is uh, bringing together all things in Christ. In Christ. All things. I always ask people all the time, does all mean all, does all mean some? And for some reason, under this new old covenant lens, like we make ourselves, like Christians today make themselves the exception. Well, I did this, and I accepted, and I did this. Okay, it's, it's great that you believe, but the only reason you have believed is because God has given you the ability to, to do so. No one can know the Father except the except Son. Uh, no one knows the Father except the Son. No one knows the Son except the Father. And to whom the Son gives uh, the right to know the Father, right? And no one can come to the Son except uh, the Father draw them. 
There's just not, it's not possible. So it's not something that you should be boasting about is the, is the point. You shouldn't be boasting about, oh, look, I gave my life to Jesus in 2007 and I've been living as a Christian ever since and you don't do it and because you don't want to do it and you're hard and hard and you should do this. Listen, listen, bud, take a step back. Uh, realize that you have nothing to boast in. You have no, no boast in Christ. The only reason why you have have any type of understanding of Christ as Lord and Savior and believing on him is because the word of faith is that has entered into your ear and has produced the seed of Christ inside of you. And hopefully, if you understand that, then you understand that it has nothing to do with you. It, it's, it's not of your will. It's of his will. And that's what Jesus said. He says, uh, he, uh, or that's what First John says. First John tells us that um, it's born of that these people who are given the right to be sons of God to those who received him, but you can't receive him unless God allows you to receive him. And everyone has to go in their order. Everyone comes in their order. Um, so he says they're born not of the will of blood, no, not of uh, the will of man, nor of blood, nor of the flesh, but of God. You're born of God, not of your own will. Okay, so that's another concept that we have to kind of uh, deal with, the, the idea of free will, but... Um, We'll have to do that at, at, at a later point in time. All right, so uh, in Proverbs 25, too, here's, here's a, another witness, guys, to this. Uh, it, it is the glory of, of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to seek it out. Uh, the scripture is veiled, guys. There's, there's things in the scripture that has not been known. And, and you might have understood and, and you might have even realized that for yourself that the scripture is actually veiled. How do we know that the scripture is veiled? Because, well, uh, we know this because you... I've probably read the scripture at some point in time. I've been like, dude, I have literally no idea what's going on. I have no idea what is happening in this in in this in this place. None, no idea, and that that it's probably because it was veiled to you at that point in time. But but God does not want it to be veiled to you for that long. And I hope that if you're pursuing Him in such a way that you're stewarding that desire well, that He does give you more understanding. Okay, and so. And that goes over to Luke chapter 8, uh, verse 9 and 11. So in Luke 8, 9, 10, 11, we find some pretty cool truth. Luke 8, 9, 10, 11. 8. Uh, oh, there we go. All right, so Jesus says unto the disciples, unto you. So the disciples come to him and they ask him, um, what might this parable be? Okay, they're asking him. What might this parable be? Okay, what's going on? Why? What? What? What, can, what is this parable? What does it mean? And he says, "Unto you, it is given to know." So notice that he doesn't tell the 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 mystery of this parable to the to the multitudes. He only tells it to the disciples. Okay, who asked him? He says, "Unto you, it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to others in." parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand why because it's probably not their time right uh it's he hasn't opened their eyes to hear he hasn't opened their eyes to see yet it's not their time to see he there's a blind there's a blindness over them there's a, a covering there's a veil over them um so they hear they may not hear and hear so they seeing they may not see and hear me they not understand and he goes to explain the parables. He says, those by the wayside are they that hear. And the devil comes near and takes away the word from their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So he goes on to explain all these parables. But he says, and to you it is given to know, but to other, the mysteries of the kingdom of, of God, but to others in parables. So uh, 
is Jesus uh, exclusive in some ways? Is Christ exclusive in some ways? Yeah, because not everyone comes into the understanding and the fullness of understanding um, at, at the same time. Everyone goes in their order. And we have a witness on this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse uh, 20, let's see here, 15, verse 21, 22, uh, let me see here, 16. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 21, we read something really amazing. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. Amazing, right? For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order. Everyone doesn't come into um, the saving work of Christ at the same time. Every man in his own order, okay? And so all things belong. Uh, we, Christ is Lord and Savior of all things. Um, he's the Savior of all men, especially those who believe. That's in First First uh, Timothy, okay? So, and that's another huge thing that's, that's going to be revealed. And I think that is becoming more revealed in this, this day and age is that uh, God in Christ has, is, has reconciled the whole world to himself, that he is going to save the whole world, guys. And I, I know it seems uh, crazy because your whole life you might have been taught, mm, I don't think that God, I don't think God would do that because our free will and we make a choice. And what about hell? What about eternal destruction? What about eternal damnation? What about the fiery torments of, of hell? What about God torturing people endlessly uh, for finite, uh, finite sin? Um, I read all those things, guys, but I'm telling you, this is, this is an old covenant mentality. This is an old covenant mindset. It is um, misunderstanding, misinterpreting um, the, the nature, character, heart of God. It is um, it has been veiled to people for 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 years. Um, the the early church did not teach that at all. The early church actually taught the restitution, the restoration of all things, the universal reconciliation of all things, which is different and differs from universalism, which I don't have time to get into right now. But um, it is it is an amazing hope that we can set our hope on when we can share the gospel in such a way where we recognize that God is good apart from what you uh, from what what you do today, that God is going to be good and that God's law and His standard is meant to correct the sinner, and it's not meant to destroy the sinner. You guys understand that? Um, so, and that being said, uh, that that's a whole nother teaching. Will God save all things? Yes, He will. And the Bible is very, very, very clear about that. But again, um, there has been a lot of understanding that has been twisted, distorted, according to the traditions of men who, um, whose hearts are set on, uh, not on the things of God, but on the things of, of man. It's their own carnal interpretation. And some people do it genuinely, but, um, but when hell is an idol in your heart, if hell is an idol in your heart, you're going to have a hard time receiving uh, this truth. And... Like Jesus said, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom, okay? Uh, just as, as the, the Jews in Jesus' time, just as people um, all over the centuries have rejected the prophets and the voice of prophets, tr re revealing Christ and revealing his true nature, um, his true intent, according to Scripture, um, not man's interpretation of Scripture, not man's uh, defining certain terms and words for themselves because they think it fits, because it fits within their paradigm. Uh, but according to the scriptures for what they say, and we see it, when we see, oh my gosh, I, I'm telling you, when you see it, 
it, it'll blow your mind how good God is and his plan for salva- salvation. But we can't do that um, apart from the law and the prophets. Cannot do it apart from the law and the prophets. Can't do it apart from understanding uh, the feast. You can't understand prophecy. You can't understand the end times. You can't understand revelation. You can't understand um, g- God and how he was going to how he's going to restore all things unless you understand um, the, the, the feasts, guys. Uh, so if you don't, if you can't agree with that right now, go and just put it on the shelf. Let it be what it is. Um, in John chapter 16, verse 12, this is our last little scripture here. Jesus says, I, uh, I have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them right now. And the word bear, guys, means to lift or to take up with hands, guys. We see the same thing in Luke chapter 14, verse 27, where Jesus says, um, basically, to take up your cross, to bear, take up, to bear your cross and follow after me. Uh, you can't be your, my disciple unless you do this. So there's some things that I, I'll, I'll probably share in here that, that some people, it's going to be hard for you to bear. And uh, listen, the only thing I have to say, cast your worries, your cares, your burdens upon him. Take up his yoke. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. He says to learn from him, okay? Learn from him. And in every age we learn from him, there is a new facet. He's, ne- he's unchanging, never changing, and yet always being revealed to us in, 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 in ways that are amazing, guys. So, um, I remember when I came into this understanding um, a couple years ago, about two, two, two and a half years ago now, almost, almost three years ago now, actually three years ago now, and um, and it really it shook me up. I've been a Christian my whole life. I've been very zealous, on passionate fire, identity, all this stuff. God, seen people healed, miracles, signs, wonders, but still in like this rut of sin, still in this like this cycles of sin, still in this like. There's something more, still wanting more, still pursuing more, still looking for more. And um, when I came into this understanding, when I came into this understanding, yeah, still in cycles of sin, still in these places uh, where just like I, I feel like, yes, but I'm not there yet, like yet, um, but not that I feel like I'm there yet now, but I, I feel that the Father has, has truly brought an understanding that is that really is changing my life. That that my life, even if I, I don't understand everything, even if I don't have like a full perspective on everything, I feel like like my life is a is a living, breathing testament to the fact that the word of God changes people and that people don't change people. That God changes people and that it's his will, his timing, his purpose, his plan, his intent, his desire. And whatever desire he has given to us, if we learn how to steward that desire well, then he will give us more. But if you, if he gives you desire, that is to say, if he gives you something and like you know you heard the voice of God speaking to you saying, hey, don't do that, or hey, I want you to do this, and you don't do it, then don't, don't, well, I'll be careful with my words. Don't think that God is, is, is going to continue to honor that. Um, because if you can't be obedient in the little things, then how can you be? How can God give you more? You you want more revelation? You want more understanding? You want more wisdom? How can He, if if you don't steward it well? So hey guys, that's it for today. I'm, I'm running out of time. I bless you. Uh, I I hope to see you next episode. I hope this makes sense. Go back and study. If you don't understand it, put it on the shelf. I will see you guys next episode. On the new covenant unveiled.